welcome to Science is Funny. I am Private, and joining me today is Skipper. I'm sorry that I've been gone for a long time. The reason for that is what we are going to talk about in this episode. I just turned 11, and I'm also in sixth grade in my elementary school, and it means I'm the oldest in the school, which I think is awesome. So, thank you, and let's start. Private, you have been gone a long time. Where have you been? Well, my family went to Walt Disney World in Florida, and when we came home, we had to get ready to start school. And as I said, sixth grade is awesome. Disney World, that's great. What were some of your favorite rides? Well, I really like Star Tours because I went on it three times. I also went on Journey into Imagination, Splash Mountain, which is one of my all-time favorites. I went on Soarin' Cali River Rapids, which I got soaked on because it was also raining when I went on it. Um, I also liked Thunder Mountain. Well, I love Thunder Mountain. It's my favorite Disney ride. I also went on Mount Everest with my dad, and it's awesome. And I also went on Space Mountain, but I didn't really like it that much. Too loud for me. And Also, there were way too many flashing lights, so... I just didn't like it. Sorry, guys. But Skip, I noticed that there weren't any motors in any of the roller coasters, so how did they move? The Big Mo. The Big Mo? What are you talking about? Momentum, Private. Momentum. That is how all roller coasters work. Could you maybe, like, explain what a momentum thingy is, please? (laughs) How about we do some research, and then you can explain it. After all, you're the one who went to Disney and didn't take me. Yeah, because I wanted to actually have fun and not have a headache the whole trip. Huh. So, Private, what is momentum and how does it move roller coasters? The name roller coaster kind of gives away how they move. Huh? Skip. They roll and coast. Tell me again, what is coasting exactly? I thought a coast was the edge of the land, you know, where it meets the ocean. Not that funny, Skip, and it's not that kind of coast. This kind of coast is like when you roll a ball across the floor, it will coast along until it slows down and stops, and I'm kind of sick. Sorry. <coughs> well, that's kind of funny. Not your being sick, Private, but um, my joke. But again, why does it slow down? Duh. No, really, what happens? What makes it slow down and then stop? I think it's called friction. Friction happens anytime something that's moving touches something else. And friction will slow the moving thing down by taking some of its energy away by converting it to heat. Right. That's why we have stuff called lubricants, like oil and grease. Lubricants cut down on friction, so there's more energy to do what you want. If friction produces heat, how hot could it get? All right, let's do a little experiment. Put your hands together. Okay. Now, press them hard and rub them back and forth real fast. Like this? Yep, you're right. Now, what's happening? My hands are getting hot. (laughs) Yeah, if two pieces of metal are pressed together, they too will get real hot real fast. They could get so hot, the metal will actually melt. That's why your parents have to check the oil in the engines of their cars. If the oil runs out, the metal parts in the engine will get too hot and then freeze up. Wait, the car gets so hot it freezes? That totally does not make sense at all. Yeah, I guess it doesn't if freezing just meant cold. But when I use freezes, I'm talking about them sticking together and not moving. Oh, I kind of get it now, but what does it have to do with roller coasters? I really, really like Thunder Mountain. (laughs) So tell me what happened when you sat in that roller coaster's car. Well, I got in the car and my dad sat next to me and then I pulled the bar down to my lap and it locked into place to hold me in the seat. Then a girl came by to check that everything was safe. Then what happened? After the girl checked everyone, the whole train started to move forward. It had a few twists and turns, but then we went up this very high rise on the tracks. Hey, if there are no motors, how did it move? 
Well, you see, there's a steel bar under one of those cars. A hook comes up from under the tracks and grabs that bar. The hook is attached to a chain, and the chain is attached to an electric motor. So when the motor starts, the hook pulls all the cars up that first big rise. Once at the top, the hook lets go of the bar, and the cars start to coast down the tracks on the other side, and they begin to gain momentum. My research said that the motor was transferring energy to the cars by moving them up that first big rise. How is it doing that? You see, it was taking those cars at a low point, close to the ground, and moving them to a high point, further away from the ground, and that increased their potential energy. Potential energy? Skip, this is making riding a roller coaster a lot less fun than it was. <laughs> no way. It's still fun. Knowing how they work doesn't take away the joy. I'm 70 years old, and I still love riding them. Okay, okay, so the cars get that potential energy thingy, whatever that is, going up that first hill. What then? Well, first of all, the potential energy is like stored energy. In this case, it's energy of position. The energy is stored in the cars by the height they are above the ground and how much weight they have. So the higher they are and the weight they are, the more energy they would have? Right. And the electric motor that the hook was attached to gave them that energy from the electricity it used to get them up there. So now the cars are coasting down the other side. What's happening to that potential energy? Well, you see, it's being converted to the energy of motion. That energy is called kinetic energy. So the potential energy is going down, the kinetic energy is going up? Right. Tell me, what did those cars do when they went over that first rise? The cars went faster and faster the closer we came to the ground. It was awesome. We were literally flying over the tracks. And then we hit the next rise and went up, and we started to slow down a little. Oh, I get it. We were losing kinetic energy and getting more potential energy. We, hey. We're learning about this in class. Cool. That, that's great. Uh, that's exactly right. Now, was the second rise as tall as the first? Nope. It was smaller. Right. The cars lost a little of their total energy due to friction, so they couldn't go up as far as the first rise. Then what? We went down the other side and around and around and around a big curved track. Then we went up another rise. So each time we went down and started to go faster and faster, we were changing potential energy to kinetic energy. And we went back up and started to slow down. And we were losing the kinetic energy and gaining potential energy. Super. You really are getting this energy thingy. Tell me about all the next rises. Each one was lower than the last one. And this goes for all the roller coasters that I went on. It's because of that friction thingy, isn't it? Yep, it sure is. Roller coasters engineers calculate the total amount of energy and momentum that all the cars will have by figuring out their total weight and the height of the first rise. Then they can calculate the energy loss from the friction of the wheels and the air so that when the energy loss comes close to zero, that's when the roller coaster nears the end of the ride. Friction of air? How does air make friction? Well, when you're walking around, you probably don't notice it too much. But when you move, you have to move the air out of your way. And that adds a little bit of friction. Also, when the wind blows, it can add some of its energy to you, make you go faster. Or it can push against you to slow you down. Hey, that must be how sailing ships move across the ocean. They use energy from the wind. Right. But Skip, I think you missed something. Not funny, Private. Kind of funny, Skip, but really, you forgot the weight of the people on the ride. Don't they make a difference when the roller coaster is at the top of the first rise? Yep. So if they all weigh a different amount each time the ride goes around, how does the energy come out to zero at the end? 
Well, I said it comes close to zero, and that's where brakes come in. When the cars come around the last part of the ride, brakes automatically turn on to add enough friction to finally take that last bit of energy away from the ride, so it doesn't have any more energy, and it has to stop. Is that how brakes and cars work, too? Yep. Brakes throw away energy. Every time your mother or father hits the brakes in the car, you're throwing away the energy. The energy comes from the gas in the tank. The gas has the potential energy, and as the car moves around the road, the potential energy in the gas is converted to kinetic energy of the car's motion until all the gas's energy is used up and it's time to fill her up again. So when my parents buy gas, they're really buying energy? You're right. Wow. Thank you, science. Thank you, scientists. You got that right, Private. Also, if you want to ask me any questions about my trip to Disney, then email me. Well, that's our podcast for this week. Come back next time for another episode of Science is Fun E. Oh, and don't forget to visit our website at www.scienceisfune.com or listen on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Podbean, or just search for Science is Fun E in the podcast section of your favorite podcast app. To suggest possible topics for upcoming episodes, email topics at scienceisfune.com. And remember, you could win a Science is Fun E t-shirt if you send in a suggestion and we use it in an episode. You can email me at private at scienceisfune.com or skipper at scienceisfune.com. I'm private, aka Avery, hoping you have a great week. TTFN.